Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Hold on, Mary Jane! We are in sex with One, two, three, four. What's in the fucking box? Hold on to your butts. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Paul. How's it going? It's gone pretty well. Pretty well over here on this side of High Street. What about you? This side of High Street. Uh, pretty good over here at uh, George Street. Uh, mm. Doing pretty well. How's the weather over there? Uh, seems fine. Uh, it's dark out, so I can't really tell. But Parthy, it seems you're right. indoors, so let's not like an <laughs> let's not act like an expert or anything. Let's pop. Let's I pop looked it better when Trent wasn't talking. Oh, right? yeah. I'm just gonna sit back quietly for the remainder of the episode. Good luck. So, Parth, can I ask you something? I I would love to know what you have to ask me. What have you been eating recently? Anything good? Well, it, uh, actually, something very good. Um, I, would like to I came hear back from a snack with a story. Yeah. <clears throat> I came back from class and uh, was doing work, and then a few hours later, my roommate Claire Appel for another show. Go see the go listen to the Phantom Menace episode. Uh, I went to her and I said, Claire, there's two options for dinner. One is with the remaining items we have. Uh, we, we have to go grocery shopping. With the remaining items we have, we could have, like, breakfast for dinner. Mm. And we could make, like, pancakes, eggs, and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but that would require me cooking. Yeah. And spending time. Or there's Golden Bowl Restaurant mm. near us. Um, five minutes away, walking distance. I see where this is going. And if I spend $12 on that food, it will last me three days, which oh, is almost wow. the same thing as me spending four dollars. If, if you a day. buy a quart, if you buy a quart of General Tso's chicken, it lasts quite a bit. They mm-hmm. pack Wait, a lot of a, chicken into it. That's a really good deal. That's a really good deal. And so you can get essentially three days worth of food for twelve dollars. Is it like the mall and food court where they have like the styrofoam thing and they just like really jam it full? Or is it like a plastic it's, container it's, that's really flimsy? It's, it's a plastic container. Is, is the court but, the but it's, biggest But it's really option? full. Is the court the biggest option? Uh, that they serve, yeah. And before this transaction, did you meet General So himself and talk to him about his chicken? He, I talked to him through his sort of uh, what what is it called? His agency. Um, his re- his representative. No, he sends his representative. Yeah, um, he sends like little decoys that also named General So, but mm. we kind of know that they're not the real General So. But also, it kind of puts into question like if they're all not the real General So, which one of them is the real General So? Like but, maybe he is one of them. But isn't it so? General So that <laughs> every person who prepares General So's served in the military. And obtained the rank of general, and then they became, yeah. and then they became interested in the culinary arts, and then they started working in Chinese restaurants all over the United States, and then they legally changed their name to General So. 
and then they general so no they are a general but they're changing their name to like john john so john so so anyways um i had general so's chicken with rice and claire and i went halvesies on some pork dumplings what what does halvesies mean what is they 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 one one person memoed the other person Uh half Uh uh-huh and then they split it in half Uh uh-huh the amount, the quantity. Trent, of you you didn't hear the term halvesies and just not you just didn't know what that meant. I've never, I've I've never shared something with another. It's true. No, we, I mean, we know. He's experienced me Venmoing him half, but like he's never given half of the portion of food up. Yeah, Parth, you know a thing or two about not sharing. Why don't you speak on that? <laughs> um, Trent, what have you been eating? Thanks for asking. Um. I, this the stories the, the foods the food's got a story today, not necessarily not necessarily a heartfelt one. But I intentionally went back and ate the leftovers of this thing for conversation's okay. sake. But today, after it was in the break in horror, and we were I had ten minutes, and we were just we were gonna watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the second half of class. But I was very hungry, and so I was walking to Bagel Nosh, and I always call them as soon as I exit the CSB and I say, can I have a BLT on white? Um, I'll be there in five minutes. Thank you. And then we passed a homeless dude and he, he looked at me and I was like, I'm going to the bagel place. What do you want? And then he like paused for a second. And then he was like, can I have a pork roll, egg and cheese on a hard roll? And then I thought, dang, I'm already in this time crunch. And now there's like this additional, like prep time that I didn't account for and I don't want to be late. And so I just said, I'll see what I can do. Um, And so I went there and I thought the best compromise... This is going well. The best compromise would be to just get him a bagel with cream cheese because that was kind of along the lines of what he wanted, Mm -hmm. but but would be faster. And And I order it and then as I'm waiting, I see this guy zip past the window. And my first thought is, oh, I told him I'm going to the bagel place. He's going to wait outside for me to give him his bagel rather than down the street. Cool. But then he keeps going, and he's got a big lit cigarette in his mouth, and he had no intention of sticking around for to receive my bagel. And he just kept going into the distance. So I guess he wow. thought that my hesitation was, meant that I wasn't sincere about my promise. But now I have the everything bagel with cream cheese in front of me, and I had no choice but to eat it. Because the homeless man preferred cigarettes, but I don't blame him. But okay. it's, it's it's a fun and, bagel. No, no, no. And Jordan, you do it well there. Um, so I got home today after work at about six p.m. And by that time, I was starving because my eating schedule is really weird. Um, but I'm obsessed with this pre-made Trader Joe salad. It's called the Southwest salad. Everyone should uh, look at it when they're at Trader Joe's next. Not buy it. Just look at Didn't it. it. Buy it, look at it, feel the bag, the mm. crunch of the nice lettuce. Um, I don't know. They just, like, do it up. They have, like, a good ratio of dressing to leaf, and they have, like, all the extra side things that you could put in it. And, like, even this was, like, day two salad. So it was still pretty good. And then I had some gyoza on the side. But I think the biggest takeaway is that a salad is only as good as its dressing. And I stand by that. Wow. Well, this show is only as good as its intro. And I'd say mm-hmm. we're off to a banging start. Huh? Did you like that? 
No, I really Trent. like that. Oh, Trent. Wait, Parth, how... If we were to navigate to... The, I like where this is if going. If we were to navigate to the discussion <laughs> portion of the show, and we were to drive a car, in this case, maybe several cars... What do you think would be the best directions in order to get there? Is there a, a well, certain roadway? So, so do you want to take the fastest way or do you want back roads? Because I know a few ways. Um, but do you want the most efficient way? I want the fastest way. Well, Trent, you should take... Well, Trent, I, I don't know if you've heard of this um, road, but you could take the highway to the danger zone. Do you know what the ETA is to get to the danger zone via the highway? Are you going to play this? Are you going to play Danger Zone and our intro music? Or how is this going to work? You should like fade them into them. Mm, mm, yeah, a Yeah, that's a good idea. You okay. should keep this in, in yeah. the thing so that and people, then the people know the The people Jordan love behind the, the scenes behind magic. That, you know, this is and then it should start now. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies. Each week we talk about a film and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture. Last week we had production designer Ruth DeYoung. Trent, on a scale of eh to, whoa, that was pretty awesome. What would you say our interview with Ruth DeYoung was? I would say it actually surpasses that scale and it's more of a, gee willikers, was that a good interview? Whoa, it reaches G. Willikers territory? Uh, Jordan, you actually listened to the interview. I actually listened to it. To prepare for the discussion. Jordan minute. listened to an episode? Hey. Wow. Hey. 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 Whoa, chill hey. with that part. Chill, chill, chill. Um, I would say it's more of a auga. Ay, 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 ay. Well, this, this seems in good taste. Um, uh, let's move on. Uh, this is our discussion. Um, of what? We're moving past the interview. Of no. Um, oh, the nope. Jordan Jordan Peele's third film. Jordan. Nope. Hey yo. Oh, I guess. Hey, it works out that yeah. we have Jordan on. She said that she she kept hearing Ruth the Young say Jordan. Say Jordan. And then I thought she was addressing me. Jordan. It's like you um, were there. It's like you it's directed fair. the film and two other. It's great like I'm a black man thrillers. from New York. Sorry. We're taking all this sorts is of off to a good start. Yeah. Um, Hey, Jordan, you're our... No, Jordan, we're going to keep that in the... Actually, Trent, can you repeat that? Can you loop that like a bunch of times? You should just do like a certain voice and change your behavior to like what you think like a black person from New York would behave like on a podcast. Um, no, I shouldn't have said that. No, 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 no. No, Jordan, hey, hey, hey. Jordan, Sikafus, and Jordan Peele are both esteemed guests. And we wouldn't back any of them into a corner where they had to do a racial bit for the entire duration of the episode. Right, Parth? No, no, definitely not. But, uh, Jordan, where I would back you into is a corner in which you have to give a 10-word synopsis of this movie. Parth with the transition? I feel like I'm killing it with the transition. I I, I was going to say, we we keep getting lost in the sauce, but you keep reeling us right back in. In, like, the most tasteful wits. Um, Okay, okay. So... Suffering, like, huh. so- <laughs> that's not where I thought this would start. This is our first struggling, yeah. uh, f- 
farm ranch family experiences extraterrestrial beings in the sky. Not bad. Not bad at all. But Parth, how would the internet describe it? The internet specifically internet movie database would probably describe this as the residents of a lonely gulch in inland california bear witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery this is like the most not descriptive description i've read in a while and yet they managed to include the word gulch i was gonna say like why but another reason that jordan this jordan not jordan peel is on this episode is because she's a resident california expert for all things that's true I'm all Jordan, would you say that you know how to party? I would say so. California knows how to party. Did, wait, didn't, having you... partied with Jordan, I, I have to say, Jordan does know how to party. Weren't you raised in the city of Compton? Compton, CA? Straight out of Compton. Wait, this is the second reference that Jordan has made to being black. That's okay, um, can we do um, the first one? Because now I feel racist and awful. Yeah, if you only do no, it no, no, once, no. then if, it's if, just a if, one-off. If you feel like you're being racist and awful, it's only because you are. Um, okay. let's continue on it just means to a microphone around. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, you see that Jordan, Jordan, mm-hmm. Jordan, I, I, I'm taking too much pleasure in this. Know that I mean no ill will towards you. No, I no, I, I, I would do, episode. I would do the same if I were in your position. Yeah, Parth, if you were, if you were slipping up and, uh, this was your first real appearance on a podcast, she would really make you feel uncomfortable too. But but now that I'm on Eye of the Duck, or have been on Eye of the Duck, maybe I'm untouchable, you know? Which they covered on the show, The Untouchables. Starring oh, ooh! Yeah, nope, yeah, yeah. But you know what I want to cover? No. I want to cover the budget and box office. Or actually, I don't want to. I want you to. Yeah, this is where I come in. <clears throat> Step aside. Um, so the budget is $68 million. Um, Jordan Peele's highest yet. And the box office is $170.8 million. And... Mm. I uh, I know this only because earlier today on YouTube, a stupid video said, filmmaking on three different budget levels. Get Out, I saw this, get out yeah. 5 million, no, uh, Us 20 million. Us. Nope, 65, 68 million. We just read it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they, they rounded it down inaccurately because I guess if you were rounding, it would have gone to 70. 65, 68. Yeah. Um, but that brings us directly into this movie. It had to be made. There were people involved. I would say they produced it. Is Trent getting into the transition game? They there they there was a general production, and this happened in the past, which mm-hmm. is sort of like history class. Yeah. And if you ever went to history class, Parth was there, and Parth <laughs> was explaining the production history of the film of the week, and he was sneezing. Wait, but you'll cut my sneeze out, right? No, you won't, because like, otherwise make a loop referencing of my sneezing, sneezing noises. <laughs> just oh. have that play. A loop of your sneezing noises. Wait, no. Wait. I could never. So on October 1st, 2019, Universal Pictures announced a five-year exclusive production partnership with Peel Lucky Paw Productions. Parth's going to talk. Nope. Then an untitled project was announced on... Thank you, Trent. Yeah. Uh, was announced on November 9th, 2020, with Peel set to write, direct, and produce, saying, quote, 
I wrote it in a time where when we were a bit worried about the future of cinema. So the first thing I knew I wanted to create was a spectacle. I wanted to create something that the audience would have to come and see. Speaking to GQ, Peel added, so much of what this world was experiencing, this overload of spectacle and kind of a low point of our addiction to spectacle. He stated that King Kong, Jurassic Park, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Signs, and Wizard of the Oz, the Wizard, Wizard of Oz, of were the, uh... influences. Hey, uh, this is my segment. All right. <laughs> Peel considered calling the film Little Green Men to reference the theme in the film of humanity's quote monetization of spectacle. He originally wrote the character of Angel Torres as a happy-go-lucky geek-like character until Brandon Perea was cast as the character who wanted to expand upon and portray him as more grounded. He was originally supposed to die in the film's climax, but was convinced by Perea to um, keep him alive through several rewrites. In February 2021, it was reported that Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya had joined the cast, while Jesse Plemons had turned, the role da- turned a role down in favor of starring in Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm not sh- I feel like he might have played either Jupe, or or angel is what it said in the research yeah. but i i can see him i can't decide which one i could see him as kind of neither peel wrote the script with kaluuya in mind for the role of oj haywood and in march stephen young was added to the cast principal photography took place from june 2021 to november 21 2021 in the agua dolce desert in agua dolce. northern los angeles county Hey, that's cool. That's what she's here for. Um, Watch it. Um, filming also took place at the Burbank, California location of Fry's Electronics. Ooh. I know Jordan's excited about this. I'm going to speak on that. Not right now. But... Um, the time is right. The time is right. Which, which had closed along with all remaining Fry's locations several weeks before filming. The store was recreated in its operating state for filming. We talked about this with... Um, with production Ruth designer? In our... Ruth the Young? Fry's co-founder Randy Fry and his wife, reporter Vicky Leviakis, had a cameo at the Star Lasso Experience scene. Part, no push shot by cinema. that scene. You were the woman with her face all ripped off, mauled. Yeah, they asked you like especially they like they were gonna do prosthetics and then they just thought that they could bring you in. No push shot by cinematographer <laughs> Hoyta Van Hoytma using Kodak film, including sixty-five millimeter film and IMAX, making it the first horror film in history to be shot in this format um i would say the one cheat is that one could view dunkirk kind of like a horror film but anyways for her introductory scene palmer shot 14 takes of emerald's dial monologue about her and oj's family history which was initially not in the script prior to principal photography peel described each take as quote very wildly different uncuttably so but just a tour de force, one of these things where you see somebody like, I'm going to make this choice this time and go for it. There's improv in there. Caltech professor John O. DeBerry collaborated with Peel and his team on the design of the jean jacket creature's UFO form, and in particular, its final true biblical angel form, which is inspired by those of Neon Genesis Evangelion and sea creatures such as jellyfish, octopuses, and squid. How do I say this? Guayame? Guillaume? Do you want some input from the peanut gallery? Hmm. Oh, the, Jordan, step in. I don't know that. Gu- Guillaume. Guillaume Rochelson. That's Rocheron? definitely right. 
Guillaume Rocheron of oh. Moving Picture Company also worked with Deberia and Peel on the visual effects shots in- involving Jean Jacket, utilizing both CG and practical effects. They used a helicopter to swirl the dust and dirt on the ground the way the creature does when consuming its victims in the film. The film had its, held its first test screenings just 12 weeks before its July 22nd release, with special effects still being worked on. Note premiered at the TCL Chinese Theater in Los Angeles on July 18th, 2022, and was released in theaters in the United States on July 22nd, 2022 by Universal Pictures. Trent. Reading that production history was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And w- what does that fun remind you of? Factual evidence? It's... It's yeah, when you when you watch a movie you're like there were things about this that were fun, I'm sure, in the history of making this, but not so fun that we would want to put them in the production history and one could just call them fun facts. It's interesting you know? what they choose to put in the production history and not in the fun facts because by putting it in the fun facts, it sort of implies that everything in the production history is not fun. But it is. I I learned something. And what's particularly confusing is sometimes Parth copy and paste some of the fun facts from the trivia on imdb that i would put in the fun facts and he puts them in the production history so i guess that sort of blurs the lines of what is fun and what is history and what is movie making can they all be all of the above whatever we do we can't please parth we just look at him try and read the fun facts <laughs> so uh steven Yeun's character jupe has a large pair of metal scissors on his desk which are the same scissors prominently featured in jordan peele's previous film us emerald and oj respectively wear green and orange clothes um in in the trivia it in parentheses had oj orange juice just to remind people that oranges are orange Terry Notar, who did the motion capture for Gordy, previously portrayed Rocket in the rebooted Planet of the Apes trilogy. And King, you wrote King and Kong. It's Kong and Kong. Kong and Kong. What? Skull Island. Is it King Kong Skull Island? Because here we have... No. Is it Kong it's, and Kong? He plays Kong in oh. Kong Skull Island. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Um, so this is the first Jordan Peele feature to be shot on film. Um, writer and director Jordan Peele chose Nope as the title because he wanted to acknowledge movie audiences and their expected reactions to the film. Um, the amusement park set of Jupiter's Claim is now a permanent part of Universal Studios' Hollywood backlot tour. Whoa. Uh, Another fact that we learned from Ruthie Young, and she told us that she'd get us VIP passes. Did, Remember that? Did that happen? That that happened. Wow, it's it's recorded. The the perk. Did you hear this evidence? Yeah, you should like keep it and hold her I, to it. Send it to her. We really should. Wow. The perks of podcasting. Now all we need Truly. to do is is buy a plane ticket to, to California to Hollywood, California, and then take and and then take a long taxi ride. <laughs> um, but Jordan, do you want to do you want to you want to read some fun facts? Yeah, sure. Um, in the final act of the movie, Emerald Haywood performs a sliding stop on a motorcycle that mirrors the iconic slide from Akira. Jordan Peele listed Akira as one of his favorite films of all time and was given an offer to direct the live-action version of Akira, but turned it down. Most of the night sequences, specifically those shot out in Haywood's field, were actually shot in the day with a complex rig built by cinematographer Hoyt von Hoytema. Hoytema? Hoytema. Hoyta Van Hoytma. Van Hoytma. So you, I guess you, according to Parth, you mispronounced two-thirds of the name, but you nailed the van in the middle. You did. Yeah. Hoyt 
wenn heute. Heute. Wenn 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 heute. Holst mumbles to ask Siegfried and Roy when OJ mentions taming a wild animal. Siegfried Fischbacher and Fischbacher Fischbacher and Roy Horn were a German magic duo that was known for featuring exotic animals in their Las Vegas show, particularly white lions and white tigers. On October 3rd, 2003, during their show, a seven-year-old white tiger named Manticore attacked Roy, severing his spine. It was Roy's birthday. While he survived, it left him injured. And I I read up on this more because it was a German magic duo who got attacked by a tiger. And the magicians maintained um, that it wasn't the tiger's fault and demanded that he not be put down. And he said that he was just having a heart attack and the lion was reacting by dragging him off stage to what the lion thought was safety. And then like 10 years later or something after he recovered, they had another, they brought the lion back for another reunion show but people had a conspiracy that it was a different line interesting yeah perth seems so interested so interested yeah but but the people uh, who watched this movie some of them weren't so interested mm. some of them we're in transition city some of them thought this, this movie wasn't so hot you know would you say how many stars do you think they gave it based on this reaction maximum one star Jordan, would you like to read the first review? Yeah, of course. It'd be my honor. Um, Honest Reviewer says, did not like it. Stopped in the beginning. I did not enjoy it. And four people found this I chose this. I chose this one because he calls himself an honest reviewer, rates it one out of five stars, and then admits that he stopped it in the beginning. Any honest reviewer. So, I mean, I guess he is honest. Yes. But then you can't. How can you rate it? You didn't watch it. I think some of the most insightful ratings are done by people who didn't complete, like, the work. I just think that he got too scared at Cordy. He said, no, no, Wait, maybe the events of the movie actually happened to him. And it was sort of like, it was was sort of like, it was sort of trauma. Wait, maybe he went on to Siegfried and Roy. Oh, maybe it was the lion (laughs) who attacked Siegfried and Roy. But he was just saving him from a heart attack. <laughs> and now he calls himself Honest Reviewer. Yeah. Okay, so this next one un- isn't honest. They're just an Amazon customer, <laughs> um, which says a lot about them. And it says, would not play, waste of $20, which we just spent $20 to, well, I would say rent, but now Jordan permanently owns this movie. But at least- But I would play it. I would play at it. At least you would, and at least you helped direct the movie. Yeah. You know? um, okay, so it says, the app kept crashing on our TV. Other apps worked fine, but he, Amazon streaming app, always has issues. Not Amazon. It's Amazon. 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 Oh, Amazon. There's a Chrome on your But he, yeah, no, there's a Chrome on my laptop screen. (laughs) It looks like Amazori. Yeah, and so it, like, puts an, uh, like, a fictional dot over the end of the end. Um, But Amazon. But he, Amazon streaming app, always has issues. I should have known better. We couldn't get 10 minutes into this movie before it crashed multiple times. We ended up ordering through a different app, and it played perfectly. But now, I'm out $20, and I don't see how to request a refund? 
I think that this one is ridiculous because it literally has nothing to do with the movie. It's just the fact that Amazon servers suck. And Jordan, if you if you listen to more of our episodes, you'll find that many of these one star reviews have nothing to do with the movie's quality. It's just with Amazon. Yeah, yeah. It's or it's we. I got the wrong DVD. The DVD was broken. I didn't mean to buy this. I don't want to buy this. My I wish son I hadn't bought my, this. My child. My son bought this. this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, if I direct directed a movie, I think I would want all of my one star reviews to be, oh, just HBO. Another wasn't co- another company fucked up. Yeah, and not, oh, I I couldn't stomach the Gordy scenes, you know. Um, but this guy, this next guy, he definitely didn't like the movie. And this is KB, and he says, it's a no for me. So I, I know their name says KB, but it kind of seems like Simon Cowell could be, or Randy Jackson, or Paula Abdul <laughs> could be writing this review. Or Ellen, when okay. she was on American Idol. Mel B. Remember that? Yeah. And Steven Tyler. Anyways, KB <laughs> says, it's a no for me in the title, and it's uh, the review reads, it's a no for me. Nothing like the previous movies that the male lead played in before. Kiki is a nope. <gasps> and if I have to, I, I have to tell you, there are so many one-star reviews that thought they were being so clever Did they by putting mm. nope. I thought I would like this movie. Nope. nope. I, Jordan I, Peele, of all- should he direct? Nope. I think that Kiki Palmer's character really carried. Like, she was... Yeah, of all the things to she criticize, was very com- like a comedic relief, she's funny. I also, I, I also don't understand. Like, does this man not under- or understand person, how movies work? And that how movies work, and that actors don't another. always play. Like actors don't always play the same kind of character. Like they don't. They have understand to. range. Well, they're not comfortable. When I saw the Descendants, the Hawaii dead wife movie starring George Clooney, I thought, "What Batman in, <laughs> in Hawaii?" <laughs> Um, and then I left a bad review saying, this is nothing like Clooney's previous male lead roles before. Yo, Clooney's allowed Clo- to go to Hawaii. Clooney though. is a nope. <laughs> Cancel Clooney. But you know what's not a nope? Um, the general discussion portion of this podcast. Wait, this is part of I'd say that's a... Yep. Oh, yep. you see? He, like, yes. turned it around on them. He, like, he... Yeah. He, he took... I'm like Ryan Johnson. I... I I subvert expectations. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say since the moment pictures could move, we had skin in the game. So Jordan, you're our guest. You asked to be on for this specific episode, and I've told and have seen that you have pages of notes. It's on here. And I have to ask, you've been on this show though in a unofficial capacity in the intros a few times. Yeah. This yeah. is your first official appearance. And no, entering yeah. entering um, Drunk Pod draws four. It feels nice not Sure, but not not for that long. 
It feels um, nice that now I get the opportunity to ramble about a movie that I like um, instead of like reading awkwardly um, on your guys's like Google Doc. Yeah, just when we force you to like and read like, the fun uh, facts. Uh, uh, but you know about like Jaws four. Yeah, but like to jump in about Amzori. Amazon. Amazori. Yeah, but my laptop has a Chrome. Amazon. Yeah, it looked like Amazori. Yeah. Um, to jump in, if anyone knew anything about me, they would know that I have a bias towards any sort of movie directed, written, blah, 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 about California. And so when I saw this one, um, I immediately saw things from like my childhood, like Fry's Electronics is a big one, or, um, the Canyon Cowboy shirt jersey that, um, Kiki Palmer's character Emerald is wearing at the beginning and end of the film. Um, and then I think like, wow, like I grew up like watching that, seeing like, like seeing like stuff like that. It's kind of like when you're watching television as a kid and your local community college is on like in a commercial Mm. and you're like, mom, come over here. They made it. They made it. Um, but yeah, like that was cool. But also like the huge thing for me was the whole like Gordy thing, um, really took me aback. Um, I immediately left the theater and I wanted to get everyone's opinion on like how they think the Gordy thing like tied in. Cause at first I had no idea. Um, but we did see this film on the Thursday, right before the day it came out. So when I went home and after Trent passed out and I had no one to talk to about it anymore, I went on Reddit and very minimal people were talking about it at the time. But I wanted to know, like, people's opinions or, like, objective truths of, like, how the whole Gordy's birthday thing tied in to, like, the UFOs and stuff like that. And the the thing that made sense to me was, I mean, the film itself is about, you know, it's about... The notebook, the notebook I, is being opened. <laughs> it's about obsession with spectacle, as you mentioned in the production history. Um, and like, I wrote down the price that comes with taming the unnatural in pursuit of fame and dreams. Um, and the weird director guy who, the, the, who, the, the cinematographer. Yeah. The one, the weird one. Um, he even, he stated in the movie, which, which will, um, is evidence for my claim. Uh, this dream you're chasing where you end up at the top of the mountain it's the one you never wake up from. So I guess like the tie-in to like the whole Gordy thing is how they're trying to like tame something unnatural in order to profit off of it. Like the whole sitcom thing, as well as Jupe later trying to profit off of like this whole UFO and that ends up going bad. Like people die there as well. And like, even like OJ and Emeralds trying to take a photo, getting the quote unquote Oprah shot, um, and just trying to, you know, find fame uh, from that, you know? And one last thing to say about like the whole Gordy thing is like, I, even after realizing that and like reading articles and Reddit reviews about stuff like that, like the theme and how the Gordy thing ties into that. Um, I was still so taken aback by the shoot that was so clearly like weird. I thought that there was some tie into the UFO, but um, I guess 
the only rationale from everything I've read was that, well, the only one I believe in anyway, is when OJ says something, something like bad miracle, the notebook's being opened again. Um, Oh yeah. It's like, what do you call a bad miracle? He says, okay. And as amazing as the uncovering of an alien presence is the phenomenon comes at a horrible cost. Um, that's just like a rationale to the bad miracle. So, I mean, the shoe standing up could be, you know, what they consider a bad miracle. And that's what I have to say about that. Thoughts, opinions? This made me think of the poster. I mean, there are a few different posters, but the one with Steven Yeun on it, where you think it's a cowboy hat, and then you see the movie, and it's more than a cowboy hat. And that is really smart. Um, Talking about the Gordy scene, that was kind of the thing, leaving the theater the first time I watched it, where I felt, I didn't know how I felt about it, because I I thought everything in the movie was really well done, really well uh, executed, but I didn't know how I, that I felt that it was part of the main story in in a weird way. I felt like you could cut that scene out. Uh, or, or sort of redo the movie not having to have that scene. Um, but I have to say that with time, um, because the movie is about spectacle and it can, the, my first viewing, I feel like I got kind of caught up in that spectacle, or at least from what I was hearing from people, that's kind of what I was wanting and expecting. Um, and I get it at the end, especially. Um, but then I guess the whole animal expo- exploitation and sort of the examination of spectacle itself um, through what you were talking about with like uh, the cost of spectacle and the and like that Gordy scene representing that cost. Um, that was not something I was expecting, I guess, going into the movie my first time. Um, and I I think having rewatched it, it, I think it thematically ties in a lot better than I thought it did initially. I still think there's a way to tie Jupe in a little bit more than he is currently, because it kind of still, while while I understand thematically why it all ties in together, mm-hmm. the actual process of watching it, sometimes I think um, it doesn't feel as connected, because maybe I'm more invested and like the beat to beat stuff of what Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya are doing. But yeah, I think the, the Gordy stuff is kind of the most interesting stuff to dissect. So are you saying that maturing is realizing that the Gordy stuff is central to the, to the movie? I I don't know that maturing holistically. (laughs) Secondary viewings. Did you yeah. give it a secondary but, viewing, or has time just yeah. passed? Uh, I think both. Um, well, I mean, I th- I think that this movie works best primarily as spectacle. Yeah. Like, I, I think that viewing it purely as an entertaining ride is the best lens to watch this through. I don't think that this movie... I don't know that it's it doesn't have as much to say, or that it doesn't say it it doesn't have as many incisive things to say as something like get out obviously or us i think mm-hmm. and i don't, but and which is why i think that it's kind of nope is kind of viewed best 
uh, looking for the entertainment factor. But I do appreciate that even though he's making a movie that's meant to just be viewed as entertainment and like kind of just that, he Peel is kind of imbuing it with um, something more and kind of knowing he's making a film about spectacle and making it about that is kind of an interesting meta narrative to put your film through, I guess. I was going to say something else, but I'll just say this, or ask this. Is this his best movie yet? I, I think Get Out Yeah, no, still... it's definitely Get Out. Although I like this one a lot, Get Out is just always, like, it's a banger. It's a banger, and you I, can't deny I it. Would, I would say, from a craft perspective, I think this movie uh, I, might take the cake. I think it's might be the most impressive. yeah. It definitely yeah. makes you think. It made me think harder. I'm, does that put us in last place while being like a really great movie? Like that. Well, I think us in terms of quality. I, no, I, I think that us still hold. I think I prefer Get Out and Us to Nope. I think Nope would be my least favorite movie, huh. which is which is kind of a hot take. I know people love Nope, um, but that's. I mean, he has three movies, yeah. and, and they're I all like bangers. All three of them. and so I, I don't. I think. It was like when um, I keep bringing it up because I'm I feel like a celebrity. But when I went on the Eye of the Duck episode and they asked, drink every time Mich- Parth Parth- Eye of the Duck. Yeah, yeah, literally. Oh, guys, I'm like I'm really cool. Like, I <laughs> but um, but then I, I was asked, is Mission Impossible two at the bottom of your list? And it's like, yes, but I love all of it. Yeah. So like, is that is does, what does that even mean? And the answer is not much. Ranking and putting things in order is just our human nature. But sometimes you got to put Mission Impossible 2 at the bottom, even though you love the cliff climbing sequence at the beginning. <laughs> did you know he was what? really doing that climbing part? Oh, Trent. Uh, <laughs> did you know that he tore his shoulder doing it on camera? You can see it happen. Anyways, we can't go down this rabbit hole. Do you know how, like, in film history class, like, every movie is somehow about, like, race or sexual politics or, like, homophobia and or, uh, like... Tom di- Cruise. And or digital... And or Tom Cruise and or digital versus film. Because, But I think this movie is about digital versus film in a really fun way. Uh, expand on that. Like, in a way that... Uh, any movie will a, a film history professor will argue that it's about digital versus film but this movie like through the the alien taking out all of the electricity and thus reducing them to the hand cranked 16 millimeter film and then once that is not an option just, and IMAX yeah and IMAX um once th- that is not not an option they're reduced to the hand cranked wishing like, well thing yeah. and even that like that that will be there when uh, when 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 the grid goes down, Parth. I I didn't think about it as a movie about film versus digital. I mean, I don't think it's primarily about. No, that, no, I don't. I, guess, I don't think so either. I just think there's some good talking points. But but there is something interesting about the fact that this is the first movie that he's shooting on film, um, and that the way the mode of uh, proving the aliens' existence can only be used can only be done using um analog photography 
there is something interesting about, I guess, the vitality of these things that we think are old um, being useful. Sure. Well, there are a few directions we can go from here. And I was going to ask about Nope versus Little Green Men as a title. But but before we get into that, let's talk about when uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character punches in the face the upside down hanging child in his stable. Wait, I will say I was talking to my boss about Nope earlier to just to like prep for this discussion and she said that that movie no nope is not a scary movie to her at all even though it shook me to my core but she did say like that scene was terrifying to her it's crazy when you're watching it for the first time because you think it's going in a very traditional direction and then it undermines everything and And then you're like where's the scary and then you have to like think harder into the theory just to be scared and then i mean the, I'm like this gets into what I think might be like the smartest thing the movie does, and it's that the UFO, like the ship, it's not a ship. That's them. That, that was Wait. something I wasn't expecting. Uh, you, you, was it your boss that said that it's they didn't find it? They scary? Did, she didn't find it scary at all. Scary isn't the first word that comes to mind. Not well, really. I thought it was- I, I wouldn't say that the only scene that I think kind of made me like uncomfortable, uncomfortable was the scene where Jupe and the entire like all yes. those people are sort of sucked up yeah by mm. the alien i think that's the scene and because it like holds on that for so long yeah and it's like uncomfortable and you see like a tentacle um, like sucking on a woman's face which is never a good sign yeah i just think about like so the I suffocation that that i, think I that, don't know that, that i was ever like scared by it but i still think it's a horror i think those shots could be in the contention for like the two best shots of the movie I don't know about best, but just like how did they how did they do that? How did they create this like this flowy vacuum? You know, I mean, it's probably all CGI. I mean, the first, no, I'm, the, no, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was done practically. No, no, no. I like the no. The second shot is probably practical, but the first one where they're like flying up, you know. I was... which shot? It's the shot before the shot of them like screaming. I'll have to look, but I'm pretty sure they didn't just CG it. If they didn't, more power to them. I was pretty scared of the woman's face, not gonna lie. Mm, like, I, that, it, like, was creepy. I, like, had to turn the bathroom light on it, the, night, the night I saw the movie. If there's anything that's, like, was... I mean, not that it was advertised as a big deal in the trailer, but just you see that woman's face in the trailer, and you're like, this is gonna be a central part of the movie. And it really wasn't. It is not. No. But, no. you know, it still got me. It got me. I also don't think it's fair to, I mean, not that you're saying this, but it's not, I've heard a few people complain that they wish that that was a bigger part of the movie based on that being in the trailer. And I don't think it's fair to judge a movie based on what was in the trailer. No, no, but, no, no. But I do want to get my face, maybe just when I'm old, if my face doesn't get mutilated in any way, I can just get a t-shirt with a younger picture of my face on it. And then people- And like a hat with like a veil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no one has to look at my ugly face. Wait, but Trent, we have to look at your... Anyways, no. Oh, um, I think Parth isn't inferring that I'm ugly now. And that I should have been wearing a veil this entire time. Do you prefer that he still had the mustache? Oh, I really... This um, is a sensitive time I, to bring up my shaving This is a sensitive topic. Yeah. Part, part, do you want to explain um, why? <gasps> Wait, no, you told me. But I want to hear Parth say it. Because I want to hear Parth say it. I want to hear Parth say it. I want to hear Parth be angry. 
so I guess this is uh, announcing that Craft Services is going to make their way onto another podcast for the first time. Yep, our first full. Yeah, I'll, 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 both both people yeah, making their way over. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, I'm going as uh, Pete Mitchell, Pete Maverick Mitchell, ever, uh, ever for Halloween. Of, ever heard of him? Um, at, for Halloween, and we're we're going for their um. Uh, Halloween episode, which we're recording. We're recording this Wednesday, October twelfth. We'll be going there on Friday, Friday, October fourteenth at three thirty, I believe. Yeah, for their for their um, uh, ha- Halloween episode, and I said to Trent, Trent, um, you already have a mustache. Historically, we should so. be we should be Maverick and Goose. All you need is a white t shirt and a Hawaiian shirt, and that's really it. And you look like him. And sunglasses, and, maybe. They couldn't hurt. And, and sunglasses would be nice. And then we go um, our separate ways for a while. As I said in, I think, our previous episode or maybe the episode before that, Trent and I don't really see each other much anymore. We're too busy. We don't have class together. And so I kind of don't don't know what's going on with him. And then I see him on Monday. Um, as I'm on break for my class, I look, and Trent's looking young. Yeah. And I'm too, like, what's too young? What's what's different about him? And I look above his lip, but below his nose, and I realize he's made a nothing t- there. He's made a terrible mistake. Trent he looks uh, nothing. shaved his mustache off. Yeah, now he looks nothing like either Miles Teller or Anthony Daniels. And I, um, I think I handled it pretty well. No, no, you, um, you did. You start choking him. I told you that I would try to get a, my hands on a fake mustache before Friday, and then that sort of diffused the bomb. But you just slowly backed away, and then you probably went to the bathroom and like punched the walls of the stall. Yeah, like every day I wake up. Uh, anyways, um, but yeah, so that's happening. So that's the backstory behind Trent's, I guess, lack of mustache. But all, all, all good things come to those who wait. So as even as we speak, my hair follicles above my lip but below my nose continue to grow. And while I guess I could come with a mustache. Parth, I, you're not going to like this. What if I'm Maverick? What if I'm Pete Maverick Mitchell? What if what if I You're were, absolutely not. What if I wear the bomber jacket not. and you settle for the Hawaiian shirt and sunglasses? No, don't disgrace Parth like that. He already has the getup. No. No. That's uh, that's not going to to uh to reference the film of the day nope <laughs> i see what you did there friend i see what you did there parth um everyone and their mom be like oh nope is like jaws kinda and i only say that because my mom said that and she, <laughs> um but she's not alone and besides the fact that at the end the big monster explodes via some balloon thing I saw that, but then I, I was looking at the trivia today, and there was like eight bullet points of ways that this movie is like Jaws. Do you want to hear some? Um, sure. The similarities to Jaws are numerous. The flags stuck in Jean Jacket's mouth are similar to the barrels stuck in the shark's mouth. Also, Antlers is clearly a Quint character. His flying purple people-eater speech reflects Quint's USS Indianapolis monologue. And also, the scenes where Antlers is manually rolling his camera are the same as Quint reeling his fishing pole while he's fishing for Jaws. Parth, fresh out of Jaws summer, how do you feel about this? Because I thought a few of them, they were they were stretching. They're pushing their luck. I was 
I I think there's. I mean, the only ways in which I think that Jaws and this movie bear a resemblance are a that their third acts are focused on capturing mm. the uh, thing, and um, that's really it. I mean, it's, I don't really. I it to me, this is way more like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. If you wanted to reference it to a Spielberg movie, and, and, in both and he, tone and. and Jordan Character. and Jordan Peele says Jurassic Park. Well, I mean, and Close Encounters, but I mean Jurassic Park. I mean, I, I guess with like Jupiter's claim, but I, I feel like Jurassic Park is just like the go-to movie to talk about spectacle, and so I, I guess. But I just don't think that that setting, like Jurassic Park, is the whole thing. Whereas I think, well, I guess that movie is a is a movie about like people, like humankind's want for spectacle. Even at the cost of humankind. I will say so. that I almost referenced Jaws earlier when we were trying to pin down, like, is this a horror movie or what is this an adventure movie? And I was going to be like, people describe Jaws as a horror movie too, but it's like so much more of an adventure. And I think of this in the same way. That like there are mm-hmm. scary moments, maybe on the first watch, but it becomes not about that. Not really. Um, any, what, what are the other things we want to talk about? Little Green Men. Anything, Little anything Green Men. particular? Like, on oh. on paper, I almost think it's a better title. I was going to say. I, I, I kind of wholeheartedly disagree. In defense of Little Green Men, it's like a double entendre. You're talking about the things in the sky. You're talking about the little money, fame, money grubbing. hungry men on the ground. I, um, I just think... It doubles down on making people think going into the theater that it's going to be one thing and then undercutting that and giving them something else. When Nope is a fun title when he explains why, um, but like it doesn't give you that added benefit. It doesn't have a zing. Uh, or a z- I think, I mean, I've, I heard that Nope was standing for not of planet Earth or not on planet Earth. Yeah, I heard um, that people were theorizing that. And I'm like, no one's ever used that I've acronym ever. I've never heard ever. anyone say that. Well, no, but I, nope. But I think, I, <laughs> I think that Little Green Men is, I don't know. It feels a little too cute to me. Uh, doesn't like cute Yeah, things. but like then you see the movie and you're like, that was not cute. Like, it's kind of like. Yeah, but then why would you want a cute title to a not cute movie? Um, other than other, I I'm not a fan of titles that are there just to like. You thought it was this, but it's not that. What's an, what's an, what's like, an example? I don't, part? Well, I guess this would be an example of a <laughs> little green man. I don't, I don't like the idea of a title being really like. I think it should be representative of the movie itself, and I think that Nope is probably a better representation of Nope than little green men would be i heard in an interview and i don't know if this is true because i feel like it would have been brought up in the production history but i think i heard jordan peele say the words that like the seed of this movie was in the gordy stuff and that everything else built off of that which is so crazy because imagine being jordan peele and being like everything in this movie comes off of that gordy's home scene and then so many of the critics are saying of the movie are saying that shouldn't have been a part of the movie I just feel like that's crazy. I feel like um, not to like if no no you no I was just gonna say that there's something very lynching about that. Like I want to make a movie with this element. Okay. Sorry, right. sorry. 
I think anyone. No, Jordan, you seem really cool for saying Lynchian, though. I'll, no, I'll say no, that. I, Wait, I, no, I, I actually love David Lynch, Parth. Like, have you been in a room with me for five minutes? I've been in a room with you for more than five minutes. Some would say six minutes. Hey, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, Parth, you, you had something to say. Why are you chilling with my girlfriend for six minutes? She's just so pretty. No, no, I know. I agree. What was I going to say? It was probably probably something insightful, important, and smart, and thought out, not off the cuff. Mm. Do we have anything bad to say about this movie? Is that even possible? I think the first uh, act is maybe a little slow, um, and that Daniel Kaluuya's character—I get the point—is that he's kind of a spoil sport, but he's kind of like that the whole movie, and I think maybe having a little bit more with him like in a different context would be nice and again i think that there is a way to integrate the gordy's home stuff and jupe in general in a way that feels more integrated into the story of um kiki palmer and daniel kaluuya trying to track down this alien or ufo as they think it is um but other than that I don't think that those things hinder my enjoyment too greatly. I think everything in this is pretty well-directed, well-executed, well-put-together. I think it's really smart, smartly made. Um, the fact that so much of it is day yeah. for night is crazy. Like, yeah, and I, and I mean, it, I, understanding I, the technology of how that worked is also crazy. Yes, I, I had to trim out of the fun facts all the entire paragraph explanation of all the filters he used and in order to achieve that effect but it was undigestible so i cut it um but i remember what i was going to say before and it's that i think steven yoon's character is sort of like in the movie to like remind the audience that like amc's the walking dead is on sundays at nine Mm. Mm. this is the yeah although isn't he is he not like cut out of that no, Did I mean, die? spoiler alert for anyone who still cares about The Walking Dead. Is that still going? I thought that was done. Uh, Jordan just asked me this question yeah. about if the original Walking Dead is still going, and that I'm pretty sure it ended, the Rick saga, and that... There's uh, spinoffs, I think. Yeah, and there are spinoffs, like Fear the Walking Dead. I know that. Uh, and did you know that Rick's character... Is- Wait, isn't there a Jeffrey Dean Morgan spinoff happening? I don't know who that is. Is that the governor? He's He's in The Walking Dead. Uh, who? Which character does he play? He also watched, plays watched... Bruce Wayne's dad. He's. Well, just search him up. You'll know him when you see him. He plays Bruce Wayne's dad in Batman vs Superman, for whatever that's worth. And he plays but... the comedian in Watchmen. But believe it or not, oh, it's oh. Negan. It's Negan. Yeah, that guy. Um, I've seen The Walking Dead. You haven't? No. Um, my father. I know this only because my father continues to be um, a fan. And after the Rick saga ended, he read that it's because they're going to give Rick two spinoff movies, Walking Dead films, which is culturally, I'm sure this is the high point of everyone's zombie mania. Yeah. Do we, do you think it's time we head into the ratings gauntlet? Oh, there was one more thing I wanted to say. Shoot. And it's actually, um, not off topic. It's that, uh, Kiki Palmer is awesome. Wait, yeah. She is. And that True Jackson VP is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Oh, good And point. didn't I tell you this motherfucker would bring a non-electrical camera? They're doing they're doing the thing. We're doing yeah, boy. Yes. We're doing says. we're doing the movie. But do you think it's time? Right. Do you feel a heat? I think I'm feeling 
Oh my god. Martha, you my, look you look like you're sweating. My, Are you kind of sick? My my skin. Something's my, wrong with your skin. My skin. It's burning. Oh no! clear It, it's um, hard to reference Indiana Jones during a nuclear bomb. What if what if you found out that like Russia nuked New York City and then I was like, Parth, it's gonna hit us like any second now. I want you to come over and we'll watch Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. In our that final was the thing you wanted in our final moments of the movie you would want me to come over and watch is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's the Indiana Jones movie you'd want us to watch. That or Temple of Doom. Well, at least it's between those two. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, now Um, that we've been thoroughly exploded. Ow, my skin, it's burning. Ah, help. Ah, help, mother. I'm dead. But, and yet. Mother. Mother. Um, Mother, I'm sorry. Um, your robot? Right. Oh, the robots take over at the Russian robots. I'm, I'm more. Um, all right, uh, Jordan, you're a guest. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Put you first. You have guest rights. Um, would you recommend this? Would you rewatch this? How rewatchable is this? And what would you rate it out of ten? And there's a new category I'm trying to integrate, which is would your mom like this movie? <gasps> I like that. I have. I have. Seven, no, nope. Seven, eight. Did you no, did you say don't, don't like? Change because of me. You're just saying like random things right now. You have to say this is recommendable. Okay, okay. This well, I was just answering the questions the in the questions. order they were asked. Um, I would recommend this. In fact, I have um the day we saw. Did we see we two s- days in a row? We saw it on two days in a row. But the second time I got a headache, yeah, and I had and to then leave, you left. and I and then it was just me and Ellie. I but sat in the parking lot with ice on my head. We saw on a Thursday, and then that Friday morning at work, I said, "I need to talk about this movie. I want someone to talk about it with you guys. Have to watch this movie to my coworkers." So yes, I would recommend it definitely. Um, is it rewatchable? Yes, I've seen it three times. Um, maybe in my next watch, I'll learn something new. I feel like every time I have. Um, what would I rate it? This is like one to ten is like hard. Like I say, like seven, eight, but I don't think of it as a C or B. Um, would my mom watch it? No, because she doesn't like scary movies. She can't really hang. Um, I guess I'll go. Um, yes, I'd recommend it. Yes, I'd rewatch it. This was two and a half viewings, if you count the migraine, the migraine cut. And um, would my mom like this? Yes, she saw it. Um, she loved it. Tracy Elgare listened to our Jaws episode, friend of the show. Um, and I gave this, I'm pretty sure, five stars as I left the theater because I was like, "What more do you want?" Like that, I was engaged the whole time. So, uh, so excited to go watch a Jordan Peele movie on a big IMAX screen two days in a row. 
Um, but I'm going to go down to a 9, because the, the 10 is reserved for, for special occasions. For the Dark Knight. For the Dark Knight, for things of that variety. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2, <laughs> exactly. Only the um, second installment in a franchise. Mm, so if there's nopes. Wait, but Daniel Kaluuya played, he was in... Get out. Well, he you say Kaluuya? Kaluuya? Is it, would you prefer Kaluuya. Kaluuya is a, is it, a coffee liqueur. All right, Parth knows a lot about alcohol. Don't read into that. Um, <laughs> I think, like, his him being in other movies really affects how I look at this movie. Like, I just don't, like, he plays other characters in the other movies. And, oh. And then and nice. then I watch this movie, and he's playing someone completely I'm different. I'm not joking. I forgot that this was a reference and to something. You, did you think and I was when really I heard stupid? this, I was like, Trent, that might, you said some stuff. But that might be single-handedly the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say <laughs> on this show, and you have said a lot of things on this show Name, that I would g- not give consider an, smart. Give another example. I like that the show continues to run, so I'm gonna just say no. Yeah. Wait, um, wait. You say what? I'm going to decline no, to answer well, your. No, I mean not. Wait, I no, want to be, no. be involved. What? Like, what I are you to... trying to? What are you trying to get me to say? Nope. What? Yeah, I'm saying I, I'm not gonna do it. Nope. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Yep. Oh. Uh. All right. <gasps> um. All right. We've been reduced to noises. So Parth, let's uh, let's wrap um, this up. I would recommend this. I've rewatched this. I have actually. I recommended it to my mom. She watched it and enjoyed it. Mm. Um. Even though we've talked about how my mom doesn't like horror movies, but again, that's why I don't think this is really. Scary. Yeah, it's my mom more doesn't entertaining. Really... Doesn't everyone's mom say they don't like horror movies? I mean, I is that true, Jordan? If you ever conceive a child, you're you're like I said. You can no mom... longer like horror movies. My mom said that she used to love horror movies, and then literally she said after I had kids, it was all different. Because well, I think she's like too has... maternal now. Yeah, now she can see a child die in Halloween ends and gets upset. You know what? So maybe you're right. Do you think your mom is? Anyways, going to see Halloween I ends would. Tomorrow? No. Oh, I'm seeing Halloween ends this weekend. Hmm. Evil dies Anyways. tonight. Though. Slay down. Yeah, oh, part of the gonna be slaying that. down at the Halloween ends. <laughs> I, I've I've not yet seen Halloween Kills. I know what happens in it. I know it's bad. But I saw Halloween 2018 for the first time on Monday, and I guess I'm just gonna continue. What'd you think? It's bad. It's all right. Yeah, um, it is. It's kind of stupid. Dialogue's not very good, but it's fine. Have you seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I have. I like it. Someone in class today, I won't out them. Nick Chun um, <laughs> said that said that uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was much better than John Carpenter's Halloween. Um, I don't agree, but I can understand someone having that opinion. Nick, but it's it's not it's not an opinion I hold. Nick Chun. But uh, anyways, thank you for lending us the costumes for the Voice of Reason. Special thanks. No, literally special thanks. Lucky you got credited, you know. But uh, to get back on topic, I would probably rate Nope an eight out of ten. I give it a four out of five. Leaving the theater, every time I think about it, I want to rate it higher. But when I watch it, it's a movie that I like talking about and thinking about more than I like. Not that I don't like watching it, but it's. It's a movie that, yeah, I don't know. Eight out of ten. I think that's fair. All right, Jordan. This is your thirty seconds on uh, the interior of Fry's Electronics. 
crazy literally so crazy um i had no interest in electronics growing up at all i couldn't give a shit but like going in there they had like in the little they had like hollowed out vintage cars in the 25 seconds in the back and they had a projector and the makeshift like the cars were turned into like diner tables and my dad would get us ice cream and we would watch movies that they had playing and there was like a huge octopus whose tentacles were like all around the store and like little miniatures like showing displaying scenes of uh cow abductions like alien themes okay i'm done i'm done all right yeah that's enough for eyes electronics our episodes are available everywhere you listen to your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we're on social media. <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, wherever the fuck you get your social media. And um, if they were to rate the show, what like, do you think they should rate it? Or rate it I think that it? you guys should rate it five stars. Five. You guys should give a follow on Instagram and leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. or Spotify, or Spotify, wherever, wherever you get your podcast from. Yeah. Um, and what can our listeners look forward to next? Mm. Oh yeah, Jordan knows the correct answer. But I don't know who. Whoa, and, and Trent didn't even. I didn't. Well, oh, but does she not know the 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 person? I don't know the person. So you say the movie, but also Trent, the you Trent, you can. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, from the movie Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. We have composer Disaster Piece. That's his real also goes by, his real name is Rich Vreeland. Yes, but but his his stage art music name is Disaster Piece, and he's done the score for Under the Silver Lake and Bodies, 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 and a third example. He's a really cool guy. And most importantly, he's a really cool guy, and he spoke with us, and we did a whole episode about it, and it could be my favorite interview of Halloween month. <gasps> uh, wow, yeah. that's Next week is our last interview of Halloween month. It, it, it um, happened. Of our 2022 Spooktacular. It, it, as, everyone's been referencing it as the 2022 Spooktacular, yeah. But they yeah, have? there's been, I feel like we talk so much about the visuals we talk so much with like dps and stuff focus on sort of sort of cutting out the audio side of things so it's nice to hear what the sound boys think about all this and this will be revealed two episodes from now but maybe there will be some more sound talk Mm. um, post even halloween into cruzapalooza and since you brought this up actually (laughs) uh, earlier in the episode I (laughs) i was well, earlier in the episode, you did. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I, I was lost, and I needed directions. I yeah. Now I'm trying to remember where where did I direct you? How did I tell you the way to get to where you wanted to go? Was yeah. So if you're trying to get to the outro theme music, if you're in California, you're gonna oh. have to you're gonna have to take the five north, and you're gonna have to take the Pacific Coast Expressway downtown to the Hollywood sign. And then you're going to take a left at the Chinese theater. And then you're basically at Disneyland. You got the five north, right? Everything else is just gibberish. And then yeah. and then you got to hop on the highway. And if you drive on the highway for long enough, you want to know where you'll end up? Where? So. The danger zone. Highway to the 
Danger zone. Gonna all right. Uh, ah, we, do we? Do, are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you gonna crossfade this into the outro music as well? Bum, 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 bum. Yes. Um, only the edit will. Only, who knows? You should. You should at the end though. You know how you're gonna make that cough? Yes. I'm, oh, you want you me should, to cough again? You should. You should do it at the end. Sure. 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 Yeah.